0: Welcome to Kilgallon's Pub, the podcast where I, comedian Joe Kilgallon, like to sit back, have some drinks with people, and recreate that bar conversation we all know and love. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Killgallons Pub, also on Instagram at Kilgallon's Pub, but I haven't really posted shit on the Instagram lately, so I don't even know why I'm plugging it. You can follow me on all the platforms. That's simply at Joe Kilgallon. I want a big thanks. I want to always start off with a big thanks to everyone who's been listening. You guys are the shit. I appreciate you guys very much. Also to all YouTube subscribers, you guys are awesome too. Um, new videos every single Thursday, new standup clips. That is, I'm gonna up it though. I gotta up it a little bit. Okay, I gotta I gotta keep up with the demand. I feel like when I was releasing three clips a week as part of re- turning my album into a special, can't complain. Every what I was doing there was every week I was releasing every Thursday. I think it was yeah, I was doing on Thursdays. It'd be like chapter one, bam, four videos, chapter two, three videos, chapter three, three videos. And then, you know, so it was like a lot of videos each week for five weeks. I gained a lot of exposure, you know, a lot of people came my way saying, hey, great stuff. We like your, you know, we like what you're doing. Keep doing it. Come to this town, come to that town. And I was loving it. And I'm like, cool, this is what YouTube's about. Building that community. You know, I've enjoyed the exchanges I've had with a lot of people. It's been a lot of positivity. Um, Even the negative comments, some of them are pretty fucking funny. You can shit on me all you want as long as you're hilarious about it. That's how I view things. So, you know, big thanks to all you guys, but I definitely think I got to come up with something, something more, you know what I mean? Maybe do like a little bit of a, some more besides standup content. You know, everything's got to be centered around my standup content, but got to fill it up a little bit. You know, I got the podcast. I don't know how much people who like the standup are sticking around for the podcast, which is cool. Fine. You know, I, I get it. Um, You know, everyone's got their podcast, they got their stuff out there, but I was thinking about some other fun, like little shows to do some other content. So be on the lookout for that. I am not doing this. uh, This episode of Gallons Pub is not being filmed. I'm not in the studio. So if the sound is a little bit different, I apologize. If you're listening for the first time, hit pause and go listen to a different episode with guests because I'm a little sick right now and that's why it's not in studio. I'm a good person. I didn't want to go to the studio and bring my sickness and get everyone else ill Because I'm a decent human being. There are other people out there who are like, oh, it's just a little sore throat. I'll just speak into a microphone that I share with seven other podcasts at a studio. Like a selfish piece of shit. But that's not me. I got manners. Okay. I wash my hands. If I'm ill, I don't shake your hand. You put your hand up for a handshake. I go, hey, man, I'm not not about spreading disease. Not that I have a disease. I think maybe it's strep throat. I don't know. It's borderline something. It sucks because it hurts to swallow. Uh, That's what she said. Um, I'm embarrassed that I just did. That's what she said. Joke. I need to correct everybody, I just realized this. Everyone in this generation thinks that's what she said is from what? I know you're listening right now at home thinking, The Office, Joe, it's from The Office. You're wrong. It's not from The Office. The Office stole it from Wayne's World. That's right. The, The SNL sketch, Saturday Night Live sketches, Wayne's World, they were turned into two very good movies. Wayne's World 1, Wayne's World 2, both fantastic, I highly recommend, starring Mike Myers, and um what's the other guy's name, I'm blanking, uh, Dana Carvey, plays Garth, they, um, they started That's What She Said, because I remember in one scene in, I think, Wayne's World 1, when he's holding, like, this top 10 list, I think top 10 things about Claudia Schiffa, who was, like, a huge model back in the early 90s, I think she was, like, the guest girl, and, uh, Garth said, are we almost done? I'm tired of holding, or she said something. I think he said, like, are are we almost done? I'm tired of holding this. And then Wayne goes, that's what she said. Something like that. And that was the first, that's what she said. And then The Office comes out, early 2000s, and Steve Carell plays the character Michael Scott. Great, one of all-time great television characters. And he starts doing the, that's what she said line. And it spread like wildfire throughout the whole country. To the point where when anyone said that's what she said, they'd be like, oh, we get it. You watch The Office. And it became like this bro-y, thing of just overdoing it. And then women would get in on the action. They would go, that's what he said. And those were always kind of fun, too. See? Genders could come together and do all sorts of creepy stuff. But I just want everyone to know that it started with Wayne's World. Because I like credit where credit is due. Damn it. I don't like people stealing from people. You know, as a comedian, I'm a purist. Someone was out there stealing my jokes. I'd want to know if I accidentally do someone else's joke or someone accidentally does one of mine. that's different. Sure. But this to me, maybe it started off innocently enough, but I feel like at some point, someone from the office could have acknowledged that it was in Wayne's world first, first, you know, you got that big writer's room full of writers. You're telling me not one of them knew that was in Wayne's world. Bullshit. Joey calls bullshit on that one. All right. Well, also I want to tell you guys. Yeah. So that's why I'm not in the studio this week. I'm going solo. I don't want to have a guest. I feel like, you know, I don't want to be like, again, I don't want to be someone hanging around people when I'm sick. It's been the last couple of weeks have been kind of crappy overall because my eldest son, my two-year-old boy, he was sick. He then gave it to my wife. I've always bragged about having a great immune system where I could be around sick people and avoiding it. And I haven't, I didn't get it nearly as bad as the two of them did. I just have like a really bad sore throat, like I mentioned. I'm still functional and, and could go out and do what I got to do. If I had a job, a real job, I would go to it. Although, as a comedian, I do have to say sorry to a few of the shows I've canceled on. I had to cancel on Comedians You Should Know. Uh, last week, I had to cancel on a show in Evanston, Wildcat Comedy Club. Sorry to those dudes. It was like an anniversary show, so I was honored they asked me to be a part of it. Actually, to close it too, they wanted me to headline the show, and I had to cancel, which I felt really bad about. But my wife was still very sick, and I wasn't feeling well either. And now it's come on to me, and you know, I just couldn't leave. It'd be a real dick move to you know leave a sick wife with two kids, and then my five month old son—he's avoided it too. So he's got he's got my um, immune system, I suppose. I don't know. But anyway, you guys don't want to hear about sick shit. But you know what I mean. I don't want to be around people when I'm sick because I know when my now that I'm a, now that I'm a parent. See, people always tell you about the shit that changes you as a parent. Some of the stuff that change is just common sense that you should have had all along. And that's avoiding sick people. Because now that you're a parent, you're like, okay, the last thing I want to do is get sick. Because if I get sick, my kid's going to get sick. And when my kid's sick, it's a motherfucker. Because I am sick. I'm like, oh, I just want to lay down. But he's two. He doesn't get that. He's like, no, dude, I need you. So you're like, it's like double the sickness brutal so yeah that's why i'm when i'm now that i have kids if i see sick people near me i'm just like get the fuck out of here man i'm like i'll i'll end friendships man don't be coming at me with it with your with your gross hands you know coughing up phlegm in my direction i'll drop kick you in the throat stay away that's why i'm mean. i'm like creating a force field or i'm gonna put my kids in a bubble i don't want them anywhere near you all right, now, um, yeah, just a few things I want to talk about with you guys. So I think, you know, be on the lookout for the YouTube. I think I'm going to play with a little bit more different content. Um, I know it's funny. I'm like, I think people came to the channel for the stand-up. Some of the podcast clips people really like, but overall it just doesn't hit. When I release a stand-up clip, I'll do it like at in the middle of the night. Like 1 a.m. I release it. And then when I wake up at 7 in the morning, it's already got 1,000-plus views, a ton of great comments, thumbs up galore, and I'm thinking, awesome, this is beautiful. Because as someone who creates content, all you want is people to see it and to like it. See it is number one, though. You know, that's the thing. I've, I've often talked about that with a lot of comedians, musicians, people in bands, actors. The opportunity to be seen is number one. I think that's what everyone really wants. All human beings of all walk of life, you just want the opportunity to be seen first because we all believe get me in front of you whoever you may be and my talent or whatever skill i have will take care of the rest the frustration is not being seen and that's where it's tough in the entertainment business because you could be great and there are great people out there you know some people might be like oh i can't believe i'm just finding out about this band you know who is most surprised about that that band that band is also like, yeah, we can't believe you're just finding out about us, too. We've been kicking ass for a decade, and for whatever reason, the radio stations didn't want to play us. All these record labels ignored us. We had to figure out ways to get our shit out there. And then once it got out there, people were like, oh, yeah, this is great. You know, I don't know that Lizzo that everyone's talking about. I hear the one song, but everyone's like saying, oh, she's the best and all that. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not going to judge her. I've heard one song. It's all right. But I guess apparently that song came out in like 2017, but it just blew up in 2019. Did people's ears change? No, they just, they finally heard it. They fi- finally got the exposure that it maybe should have had the whole time. I don't know. It's interesting about that. And that's why I really like YouTube a lot because it kind of takes it where it's, you have comedians like myself and there are tons of great comedians like this who have been, I'm you know, I'll get cocky, been kicking ass. We've been dominating. I, I could confidently say 90% of the shows I've appeared on with alongside other comedians. The audience will walk away liking me the best. And I've done shows with big, big names when I was living out in L.A. And big names here in Chicago. And you know, I've done big name shows in New York and across the country opening with great comedians. And, um, you know, maybe not 90% if it's just three people, but any showcase show. Because you know I've opened for like great buddies of mine. You know I've opened for like Hannibal Burris and Roy Wood Jr. and Steve Byrne. The people are coming to see them. They like me. They go, "Oh, this guy was awesome." You should be a headliner too. They'll say, but I'm not gonna say they like me 90 percent of the time more than the people I open for. That's crazy. I didn't mean it like that. But if I'm on a showcase, like I, I did the Laugh Factory with like David Tell on the show and Godfrey, and I've done shows with Sarah Silverman on the show and all, and all these big names. And yes, people afterwards were like, "Dude, I've never heard of you. How come I've never heard of you?" And I go, "Well, you've heard of me now." Because so, there's just so much you can't control. All you could do, and this goes with, for any form of art, I guess. Although I've always hated referring to comedy as an art. I know it is an art. I just don't like taking it seriously like that. You know what I mean? We're comedians. We're supposed to make fun of that pretentious bullshit. I'm an artist. Go fuck yourself. Okay? You're an artist. The way baseball player, like John Crook, famous baseball player, once said, I'm not an athlete. I'm a baseball player. I like to think of it that way. I'm not an artist. I'm a comedian. Is it an art form? Yeah, but we're not serious. We're, we're, we're we're here to make you laugh. We're here to be entertaining. I'm not, I'm not painting this for months on end and then putting it in a weird frame that, that put a lot of consideration into. And, and what does this express on that? No, I just want you to laugh. If I can make you laugh by, you know, making it realer for you or personal or whatever the hell connection you make, whatever gets you to that laugh I'm all about. That's, that's me in a nutshell. But yeah, there's just nothing, you, there's so many things you can't control. A lot of fame is luck. Is it hard work too? Yeah. But there are people who aren't very good, but I will say they work hard. But that it's still luck though. You still have to be in the right place at the right time, the right person has to have seen, you know, whatever it needs to happen. You could go around that system, of course, which is what, again, I've, I keep harping on it, which is so cool about the internet. You know, I, I think I give the Internet shit for a lot of different stuff. Like, you know, the, I don't like the mob mentality on Twitter. I don't like, you know, how like there's a lot of propaganda that gets spread on websites like Facebook especially. And there's no fact checking. I, I hate that website Yelp for my listeners around the world, world. Yelp is I think Yelp's the thing around the world. I don't know. It's basically user generated. If there's a restaurant in your hometown, you could be like this restaurant's great. Five stars. It sucks. One star. There's nobody who polices that shit. You could go in there and say, oh, I went in there and then the, the waiter kneed me in the face and the waitress had a little dick, one star. And then it's like, that didn't happen. You just tried to bang the waitress and she said, no, creep. And then the when you tried to squeeze her ass, the freaking other waiter need you in the face. You were the dick. But because no one's there to police that, you get to put this comment out into the world that may affect other people's opinions, even though it's a blatant lie. That part of the internet, I can't stand. So yeah, and I know I go over this often. But I do want to reiterate, because I'd, I'd feel like a hypocrite to be like, oh, the internet's terrible, but I'm using it constantly. Wouldn't that make me some sort of psychopath? This is the worst thing ever. Follow me here, here, and here. Like, that's that's not a person I want to be. So, yeah, there is definitely luck involved with it. You know, I know the whole adage, you make your own luck, which I think is 100% true. You do make your own luck. But still, there, there's still a lot. Like, there's so many talented bands out there you've never heard of. There's actors and... and comedians that you just don't know so I think maybe that'll be part of the thing I start I maybe I'll do like a little five minute like I'll call it a tight five thing but it'll be on my YouTube channel I'll show you like a joke of that comedians so maybe that'll be like half of it'll be like a joke it doesn't have to be five minutes be five to seven minutes whatever and then the other few minutes are me just kind of like this is this person you should check out this person maybe I could do that with my with my YouTube following right now that I got going on closing at nine thousand. everyone so spread the word so i think that'd be something fun i could do speaking of the internet though you guys know that ellen did nine eleven. that ellen and george w bush have been having sex dirty dirty sex for decades now and laura bush is cool with it she's in the corner fingering herself the whole time it goes down did you know that actually none of that's true that is satire or hyperbole or an exaggeration whatever but she was at the football game um I sounded like someone who's never watched sports. She was at the football game. She was at the Cowboys Packers game in Dallas sitting in Jerry Jones, the owner's suite because Ellen's rich as hell and rich people get to hang out with other rich people and do rich people things. And uh, W was right there next to her and everyone was very upset about that. Now I did not vote for George W. Bush. I voted against him in 2004. The first election I was allowed to vote in and uh, I voted for John Kerry who lost wasn't a very good candidate, but I did not like George W. Bush. I thought he was a bad president. still think he was a very bad president. But it's become clear to me that he was a puppet. I don't believe George W. Bush knew a damn thing that was going on. I think he tried to, but I think all of those crazy neocons like your Dick Cheney's and your Wolfowitz and your Rumsfeld's, they were really controlling stuff. I don't think that dude knew anything that was going on. I think he had some beliefs that were probably wrong, but I think at the end of the day, he was probably like, why don't they like me? I don't get it. I thought we were going to do this. It's like, you stay in the corner there, Georgie. You know, I think that was my impression of uh, Chaney. He's a real penguin. I didn't see the movie with him where Christian Bale got fat as hell to play him. I got to check that one out. That's got to be fun as an actor. I'm going to get fat as hell and then have the confidence because I have the money to hire a nutritionist and a personal trainer where I'll get back to my shredded physique. That's got to be pretty fun. Just to be like, you know what? This winter, I'm gonna get fat as fuck. I'm gonna eat cake, and I'm gonna drink myself some uh, some cherry cola, and uh, I'm gonna do it up. It's maybe a lot better than starving themselves, like Joaquin Phoenix had to do to play the Joker, which I will get to shortly. I did not see the Joker, but I have some thoughts on how everyone's reacting to the Joker. I've been sick, so I've not got a chance to see it. But I, I, you know, I don't be coughing in a theater. I'm going to see it. I want to see it. I especially want to see it based off of the reaction from everybody. All right, but back to Ellen. Back to Ellen. Queen of daytime talk. She is, uh, her show's is huge. Um, I know people, like when I was living in L.A., the whispers is that she's not very nice. So this isn't me being like, be nice to Ellen, everybody. I could care less. Um, I heard she's shitty to her, her staff, her writing staff, and other people who work on the show. So whatever. Uh, but I'm going to stick up for the idea That how dare she be friends with a former president, war criminal, which I do laugh at a little bit because I don't think he knew what the hell was going on. Right. Was Iraq an unjust war? Fuck yeah. okay. a lot of that stuff was bad, but I definitely I just think he was a puppet. I think he was this puppet and this idea that Michelle Obama, too, because I noticed that people were like, isn't their relationship cute? But then, Alan, they're against. And I know why they're against it, because George W. Bush, his administration was against gay marriage. But need I remind those same people that you voted for Hillary Clinton, who was against gay marriage till 2013? I don't know what George W. Bush's stance is on gay marriage. He could have completely reversed it. He could have reversed it in 2011, three years since he or two years after his presidency and two years before Hillary. What do you think of that? Your whole narrative of people change and isn't this great that hey, you know what? I wish Hillary would have came to our side quicker, but as long as she's on our side now and that's what matters, people evolve and let's not harp on it. That was all I heard about. With Hillary's stance on gay marriage, and Barack Obama was pretty—he was like twenty twelve when he changed his mind. But yet, when I brought up Tulsi Gabbard, who also changed, people were against that. People, you guys—that's my fucking problem I have with my own side—is the inconsistency. You know what I mean? It's like be consistent, and that's—and I think the other other side's obviously terribly inconsistent too. You know what I mean? You guys would hate if, if fucking Obama acted the way Trump did. You guys would lose your fucking minds. Lose your fucking minds, and you know it. So that's, can we bring the consistency back? Make America consistent again. You have beliefs, fine, but be consistent with them. And if you do change your beliefs, that's cool. You're, You're well entitled to do that. Explain why, and then move on. This idea that you can't change is stupid, too. I definitely think people can change. If I didn't think people could change, then this would be a really sad existence. You know, I definitely, I think maybe... I see, I want to see the good in everybody. And that is not, that is not a, no, that is a good person to be, but I'm trying to think of how I want to phrase this. Being someone who sees the good in everybody does not play well in the social media game because in that game, in Twitter, especially news gets dropped. My dog's barking in the background. Hold on. Shut the fuck up. So when, I don't know, actually, I got to take her to the vet soon too. Poor thing's got a fucked up Paul. She's badass. I love her. But that doesn't play well in social media, to be someone who sees the good. Because when something gets dropped, like, oh, look what so-and-so did. I like to think, like, I remember when the Ellen video first popped, everyone's like, Ellen, gay, lesbian Ellen, big liberal Ellen sitting with George W. Bush. I'm thinking, maybe she just went to the game. Someone said, hey, we do you want to come sit in the owner's suite? And she's like, yeah, it sounds fun. She went there, and he happened to be there. What do you want her to do? Huh? Do you want her to throw shoes at him? Do you want her to just start fighting him? That's not how people do. And the same people, 90% of these fucking people on Twitter who are saying, oh, this is what you should do, wouldn't do shit. These are people who wouldn't stand up to their own parents over whether or not they should go to art school or whatever bullshit. And they're, you really? If you ran into George W. Bush, you'd get tough with them? How dare you? I mean, I, mean, I said 90% because I'm sure there's 10% of you that actually would do that. And good on you. And again, this isn't me sticking up for George W. Bush. This isn't me really even sticking up for Ellen. But I guess I'm sticking up for the fact that I think it's okay for that world to exist in which they're friends. And what difference does it make to you? Why does it have to consume your the fiber of your fucking being? Would you be friends with George W. Bush? What's the answer? No. Okay, good. That's what should matter to you then. Not who other people is. You think her influence is so strong that people who hated George W. Bush's guts, some poor mother who lost her son in Iraq is going to all of a sudden be like, well, Ellen makes some good points. While they were at the Dallas Cowboy Packer game, I'll tell you what. They probably had a good time. And maybe I too should forgive. No. That fucking side kills me with that. It's always the... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's where I'm. I'm. I'm losing the left a little bit. The, their lack of faith in people. I tend to see the best in people. And I remember I have on my podcast two ago. I had uh, a on, and at the end he was like, "The government needs to protect people from themselves." And I remember thinking to myself, "I don't know if I like that." I think government needs to protect the greater good, in a sense. Like seatbelt laws are a great law. Because yes, you should protect yourself while you're driving, but also when you crash, your body goes thr- thrown through the windshield and your body becomes a weapon to hit somebody else. I always thought of it that way too. You know, we obviously don't want drugs out there. We don't want people doing heroin because it's very harmful for you. We protect, we make sure that food companies aren't putting poisonous chemicals in food, although the, the other a lot of food companies are able to get around that by putting just a little bit in. You know, not enough of a trace that's gonna kill you right away, but after 15 years or so, that that'll get you. And then it's kind of like it was a natural causes. We don't really know, but we know it wasn't good. That's the stuff I'm I'm about. I think there should be heavy government regulation on things like that, so that people can't be preyed upon. But that's the government essentially protecting people from other people. You know what I mean? Those banks that were ripping people off blatantly, we had to come in with some laws to stop that. That I'm I'm for. You know what I mean? If their buildings are being built, there needs to be a building code. We can have buildings falling down. Same with roads and bridges and all that other stuff. But the idea that like the people can't be trusted, that notion, I don't, I can't stand. And I don't think he, and I like that dude a lot because he was, you know, go back and listen to that episode. It was a few episodes ago. Sorab, uh, Frug, Frug, he, It's a hard last name, dude. He knows it. Good, good guy. Like really funny too. funny stand up. Um, but we definitely did. We disagreed on that, but I would still call him a friend. I could disagree with someone and be like, yeah, we're friends, but I disagree with you on that, even though we probably line up on 85 to 80% of other stuff. But yeah, the idea that like, they're always worried that you can't have these people saying what they want to say because it's going to affect other people. And you know, maybe I always thought maybe, you know, like with marijuana, I remember thinking, I used to think, oh, it makes people lazy, but then people brought to my attention. No, those people were already lazy. You know what I mean? It's like if you're a workaholic and you start smoking some weed, you're not going to just become lazy right away. I don't think it works that way. I mean, there's smart diminishing brain cells maybe. I don't know. But it's usually if you're some kind of piece of shit and other people make you a bigger piece of shit, you were probably going to go that path anyway. Something triggered it, I think. Again, I don't know. I'd hate to pull the, pull the Bill Burr I don't read. I, I read a little bit, but not a lot. These are just observations. I've come across. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I just try to look at the good in everybody and think to myself, whenever I hear something, I go, wait a minute. Is that what happened with it? And now it brings me to the Joker. Now, again, I did not see the Joker. I wanted to see it as soon as I saw the first trailer, I don't know, six to eight months ago. The reactions have been something. Um... Before I get to like friends' reactions, I'm not gonna name their names. It doesn't matter. I remember seeing a tweet. Other people liked it enough where it was some, I don't know if it was a publication or some personal blog, where they said the Joker clearly has problems with black women. I remember being like, Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's crazy. Really? Oh, that's weird. Is the Joker racist too? Is that what they're trying to say? I don't. I don't get it. And then they just mentioned while the Joker's on the bus, would you see this in the trailer? So I'm not doing a spoiler because I didn't see the movie again. So I'm not going to do anything that I think spoils it even from the articles I read. If I start to read the article and I felt like a big reveal was coming in the article, I clicked off of it. But I was curious about this one. So I clicked on it. Apparently in the scene that you see in the trailer where he's making faces at a kid and the mother turns around and she's like, don't do that. And he kind of goes, ugh. Like he, he feels like, what the fuck, lady? Was, your kid was laughing. I was laughing. It was, I wasn't being weird. I'm just You know, he was a kid. I was making him laugh. What's wrong with that? That was what was coming from his point of view. The m- woman and the kid were black. Okay, so that's number one example of the Joker having a problem with black women. Then I guess his social worker or his therapist is a black woman. And then I think he's he has a infatuation with black I don't know. I didn't, I didn't read it too much because I didn't want it to be revealed. But I remember thinking to myself, does the Joker have a problem with black women or does the Joker have a problem with women? And this fucking guy who wrote the blog had to throw black women in there to get more clicks and to get, you know what I mean, to enrage black people or to also get the woke whites who kudos to Bill Maher. I know a lot of people have been really hating on Bill Maher the last year or so. Real time with Bill Maher on HBO, everybody. One of his closing, you know, that new rule segment is very good. It's well written every time. And one of the closing thoughts on that, I don't know, closing statement, I don't know what the fuck you'd call it. Last rule, I guess. He uh, talks about how the white people who are more offended than the offended at Target need to Stop. And these people who run around saying, oh, I, I hate being white and I, I'm so sorry I'm white and I feel so guilty being white and, and white people are the worst, sorry black people and all that stuff like that is, are, are awful people. And I don't, I don't like them. I don't, if that's your, I don't trust you. The same way I don't, the men who are like, men are the worst, men are terrible, sorry ladies, sorry for us. I'm like, those dudes are creeps and I wouldn't let any of those dudes near any of my female friends. Or relatives, I wouldn't let you near any of them because I know you guys have a hidden agenda. You're scumbags, and you think this is my chance to get close to them so I can do stuff. And and that's that's weak shit right there. Have men done terrible things to women? Hell, fucking yeah. And that could be acknowledged without being like, oh, I, I, I would cut my dick off if I could. Anything to make you like me, ladies. Please like me. I'm a little bitch boy. Like, yeah, fuck you. I can't stand those dudes. And women. Do not trust those pieces of shit. The worst. And when I see white people doing the same thing, I hate being white, white, white. That's the same thing to me. And Bill Maher's point about it was him basically saying, you're now asking black people to forgive you again? Like, what a shitty thing to put on your friends of different, you know, black, Hispanic, Jewish, whatever you want to say. I just think it's a real stupid fucking notion to think that white people are inherently more evil than anyone else. You know what I mean? It's like people will then say to me, Joe, look at the most modern history. Yeah, that's just because we were in power. And by we, I mean people with white. I wasn't part of that shit. I'm I'm Irish. My family doesn't, our our hands are clean, luckily. You know what I mean? We came to this country well after slavery had ended, and we weren't running shit in Ireland either. So, yeah, it's just, (laughs) what I mean by that is that white people have been in power in recent history, and whoever power, it's power that corrupts. There is, white people create violence. Violence has been around since human existence has been around. Do you know when the first fight happened? When there was two people. The first person was like, oh, okay. They, oh, there's another person. And then after a while they started fighting. Then they've made up. Then, they, you know, back and forth. And the idea that like it's, it's race related? No, because there, have been, there are black tribes in the heart of the Congo that have been at war with each other since the dawn of time. You know what I mean? It goes the same way. England versus France, the Hundred Years War. It was a thousand years? hundred years? It's it's forever. There's different factions of different... You know, in Iraq, the, in the Muslim world, the Sunnis versus Shiites. There's always going to be... It's not a white thing. It's a human being thing. And it's just easy to point to white people because, yes, white people have been in, like, the positions of power for a thousand years. And, yeah, imperialism sucks. I don't support that shit at all. What we've done to other countries... And I don't know what I'm saying we. I'm not part of that. But, like, what people who look like me what the with uh european people with european backgrounds have done is terrible but like i feel so i just see so much of that is fading away but there are people who are holding on to it because it's it drives views or it drives clicks you know because in my head i thought to myself the last few years remember like three or four years ago is it three or four years ago where the Oscars, they did the Oscars so white was the hashtag because all the nominees for best actors, best actresses, best everything were white people. So I think Hollywood heard that and was like, all right, well, we definitely need to start going out of our way to cast black people because we don't want this heat. This isn't good for our industry. We don't want to be known as this. And hopefully after decade, after you know X amount of years or whatever, we could get to the point because don't we all want to get to the point of true equality? Meaning that, say one year, all the nominees are for are people from Asian background. Meaning, you know, Indian, Chinese, Japanese, Pakistan, you know, that background. And nobody bats an eye. Nobody goes, oh, look at this. This is nice. They just go, oh, yeah, these are the best actors and actresses. And then the year after that, it's all white. And nobody goes, what the fuck? It's all white. No, they would just go, oh, yeah, these, these five they all cl- were they kicked ass. All their roles were fantastic. That that's fine, yeah, they should be nominated. And then the next year it's five black people and nobody goes, "Oh, this is they just go, "Yeah, these these were the best." That's I think isn't that truly what everybody wants? If if that's what you don't want, you're it's clear if you're on the side of no, it should be all white people, then you're a racist piece of shit, turn this off, don't listen to me. I don't want you as a listener. Or if you're on the side of like No, no. Every year it should be well represented of, you know, we should have a black nominee, a Hispanic nominee, uh, uh, you know, an Asian nominee, a South American nominee. You know, I'm obviously going down the list of continents at this point. If that's your realm of thinking, then no, you really you're holding back society. Essentially, then you're wanting to keep everyone in their own little box. You've got your little tray and your applesauce goes here and your vegetables go there. And your 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 meat goes right here. Fork on this side, knife on that. That's the world you're living in. I want to let's mix that. I want a KFC famous bowl. I want all that in one bowl. Because then, when someone sees the Joker, they don't notice that. Oh, it happened to be a black woman on the bus. It happens to be a black social worker. Because I'm betting the casting director was going like, "Oh, this is a role. Let's just inter- yeah yeah she's good. Let's let's have her." Or because of the flack, like I was saying with the Oscar so white thing. They're like. Black. let's get as many black people as we can for these different parts obviously the Joker's mother can't be black because we have the Joker as a white guy so yeah, duh so let's see let's have this and then it happens that the Joker because of his bad relationship with women maybe it's affected upon by his mother I'm guessing again, I didn't see the movie but in the trailer they show him bathing his mom who's clearly old so that's weird because he's not young he's being a caregiver which is nice you know, not knocking that um, but they're trying to implicate, oh, this is a weird relationship, you know? So then maybe you see that and you just go, oh, the Joker is a problem with women, not whatever ethnicity it was. Cause if it were all white women, whoever wrote that blog wouldn't have written the Joker clearly has a problem with white women. They wouldn't have said that. You guys feel me with this? That's what's nice. When you have a guest, they could be like, good point. And, or they could at least challenge me a little bit. Now I'm just an idiot talking to himself. Yeah, the Joker, I'm definitely gonna see I'm gonna to try to see it tomorrow, hopefully. Uh, the reactions are funny to me because everyone tried to push this narrative that it's just for sad white guys. Sad, lonely white dudes love the Joker. And yet I'm seeing I this dude, I know a gay guy who went nuts over it, says one of the best movies he's ever seen in his life. I'm like, that is far from a sad, lonely, straight white guy, whatever that narrative is, in cells, what they're trying to say, which I think says for involuntarily celebrate, which means these are dudes who try to get laid, but don't get laid, I think. I don't know. You take like a day or two off of the, of the internet and you get lost. Yeah, and, and then I know women who loved it, and I know women who despised it. One of my best friends got a lot of flack on Twitter that I only just discovered recently. That's why I didn't like jump in her back. I used to be that guy that would be like, what would you say about my fucking friend? And now it's like there's no winning with that sometimes. Um, but yeah, she was just like, I went in with an open mind, and I can I honestly say it was the worst movie I ever saw. And there there are stories of people walking out. A friend of mine who's got a great movie blog called amovieguy.com. I'll give it a plug. My buddy Leo Brady. He just said, he gave it two stars. He was just like, yeah, you don't walk out feeling good. And from what I gathered, it sounds like, you know, it's an origin story of how this guy becomes the Joker. And if it's like the Joker, we know he's this maniacal, evil, like crazed, just person who's just like a terrorist, you know? And. Yeah, I don't see that being a great origin story. It's not like Magneto in X-Men where it's like, oh, this dude was Jewish and he was taken by the Holocaust. And because of what happened to his family, they got, got killed. His mother got killed right in front of him. And he sees that parallel right now where it's like, I'm a mutant. You're going to treat me like the way the Germ- the Nazis treated the Jews, my people. So, yeah, that's why I'm becoming this person who just needs to destroy you before you destroy me. That That is an origin story that you could get behind. This story, it's a movie that doesn't have a hero, essentially. Again, I didn't see it, but this is what I'm gathering from reviews. But my buddy's reviews seem sensible, where it's like, hey, you know, it's dark. It's a dark movie. If you're not into that, if you're not like mentally ready to handle that film, then it's not going to be for you. Some people need that, like, I need a hero in the movie. I need someone to root for. I need good endings, I like good endings to movie. Every now and then there's a movie that has a shit ending and everyone's like, well, the director meant for that to happen. I'm like, well, how about he means for a good ending? Because that ending sucked. I hate when someone says, well, it was meant, so therefore it's fine. You ever see something that's bad and they're like, well, no, no, no. They, they meant for it to be bad. Oh, okay, well, it sucks and they did it on purpose? That's strange. Okay. Could they do something good on purpose? Because I think that should be the goal. I don't know. All right, I've been rambling for about 35 minutes here or so. Let me see here what I wanted to talk about with you guys. Um, yeah, just be on the lookout for some more YouTube stuff. I put up a new clip from the podcast recently that seems to be doing pretty well. It was my conversation with Merritt Landsteiner, who uh, was about how she started masturbating before or had sex before started masturbating, like a reverse thing, which I think is probably more common with women than men. Dudes, we're just like we're obsessed with our dicks as soon as we discover them because it's like, look at that thing. Hey, you know. So every dude it'd be weird to meet a guy that's like I started banging and then and then masturbating came down the road yeah that's that wouldn't happen with men women I think that's probably more common but it's an interesting take on it and I didn't realize that dildos are very expensive so definitely check that out yeah, I don't know I talk I, I got a lot of sex on the podcast not a lot of sex in my my comedy because I just find it funny it's funny and fascinating sex is like this weird thing that people are still weird about and then other people are too open with them, perhaps hmm. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, always, it's different too. I think the reason I like, I'll equate it to this. I like playing video games that are sports related because you could always, like if you're playing NHL, I always love playing the hockey um, video games because you could score a goal in a thousand different ways to score a goal. I'm sure FIFA is like this, people who like soccer video games. So it's always different, it's fun. Sex is like that too. It's always, there's never two the same. No couple or no people have ever been like, hey, that was the exact same amount of time, the exact same movements, the exact same everything as the last time we had sex. No, it can be similar, but it's never the same same. And people are into different stuff and people are into things where you're just like, what, you're into that? And then people are into stuff where you're like, ooh, okay, hmm, that does sound interesting. All right. Like, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's something like that. So I think as conversation on the podcast, it just tends to pop up. And then again, we I, I talk way too much about my beef with mob mentality on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. And look, I'm not saying some people don't need to be eradicated and and they deserve to be canceled or whatever the fuck it is. And I know people are like, well, did they really get canceled? Did Shane Gillis from SNL really got canceled? He performed at a comedy club three nights later. It's like, well, do you want to not eat? Do you not like? And the people who are always saying that cancel culture isn't real, which they might be right because the people who are get canceled, they lose a thing, but they end up being okay overall. I would agree with that. But what cracks me up is you guys were the first ones. I remember when I first saw that on Twitter when someone would be like, this person is canceled. I'm like, you you guys said that. You commented you're canceled on people's Twitter feeds. And then when people coined the phrase cancel culture, you were like, it's not a thing. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I need to have, I need a meeting. I need to have a meeting with everybody. We need to get everyone together. I want everyone represented. We need to have like a UN roundtable for this bullshit just so we could get it out and we could figure out what's what the way they, they used George Carlin last week. There's this George Carlin thing going around where it was, oh God, it was like in the first line, George Carlin says, it's about Andrew Dice Clay. He goes, now I will fight to the death for his right to say whatever he wants. And then George Carlin goes, I just wouldn't say this because I like comedy to be like this. I loved what George Carlin said, and I agreed with him. But people took what they wanted from it. The one side was like, see, he's saying don't say that. Don't punch down. Don't make fun of people who are technically beneath you in society if you're a this or a that. See, George agrees with us. It's like, "Mm, well, no. I mean, yes, yes and, and no, because he's not, he wouldn't try to get that guy to lose gigs you want that voice gone he's saying oh yeah that voice should exist and he even says and Andrew could do whatever the hell he wants and I support him to say whatever the hell he wants I George personally wouldn't do that and fuck the side that's like see George is cool with it too like no I mean stop putting words in a dead guy's mouth first first of all I just think people need to understand the freaking notion that comedians are rebellious A lot of them. So there's that section of them that are just going to be like, you you told me I can't say something. Well, fuck you. I'm going to say it. Okay. We're all a little childish, you know, Hey, don't draw on the wall. We're the kid that's like, I'm going to draw a little bit on the wall and not all of us. And then there's the other side of them that from whatever backgrounds they have, from whatever thing they have. And I, I commend it. I do. If you're thinking now's my time to use my voice to pull up people who were put down, that's great. But then, don't re- don't you realize that you're also sort of putting other people down? It's still this notion that I used to hate that fucking racist white people had, where they thought that if black people, Hispanic people, people who aren't white, basically, they thought if non-whites rose, that would mean they were falling. No, there is so much abundance to go around. This notion that I have to keep something to myself because if I lose anything then other people take it. That's not it. That's, that's not, that's a fallacy. But these people who know that, what I just said, they know and would agree with that point are kind of doing it in the other sense. You know, they, they really are in a way. They're th- they, Instead of just wanting everyone to be rising up, they're thinking, no, I got to bring that down because I need to pull these people up. So therefore you need to go down. No, pull everyone up to the same fucking level. Let's all eat at the same table. All right. That's enough out of me. This is uh hopefully you had some fun listening to me ramble for 40 minutes. Holy shit. I got a shower and take my dog to the vet. What are you doing, Joe? Um, everyone listen to past episodes of kill pub. Tell your friends about it. We'll be back next week with a guest. Um, Renewed energy. I'll have renewed energy cause I'll be healthy. And um, I've neglected the podcast slightly over the last month or so. And I'm not going to do that anymore because I, I really do enjoy doing this. We're gonna have a fun fall. We're going to kick ass the rest of 2019 that's how we're gonna do it here in Gallants pub. Um, you guys have—you guys are the best. I appreciate it. Cheers.